you know, and in this cleansing that Melanie was talking about and sharing with us, um, we've been talking a lot about this season in the church and his peace in his people of cleansing and purification and how many know that through this the cleansing and the the purifying season uh, God is establishing the reign of his anointed the reign of his anointed I want to go to Psalms chapter 2 for our scripture this morning I'm going to read out of the uh, English standard version it's the ESV Um, you can listen or you can read along and read in verses 8 through 11, Psalms chapter 2. It's starting in verse 8. It says, Ask of me, and I will make the nations your heritage, and the ends of the earth your possession. You shall break uh, them with a rod of iron. In other, some translations you may be reading, another word there is you shall rule them with a rod of iron, and dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Verse 10, now therefore, O kings, be wise. Be warned, O rulers of the earth. Verse 11, this is our our main scripture for this morning, this message. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Let's pray for a moment and then we'll go from there. If you could just pray with me across the room for a few moments and just thank the Lord. Thank him for his presence and for the gift of being here together. We thank you, Lord. We, we're here for you, Lord, and nothing else. We thank you for salvation, God. Just thank him for salvation. We thank you, Lord, for wholeness. We thank you, Lord, for revelation and for, for healing and deliverance. We thank you, God. We praise you. We submit ourselves unto you in these next moments. Do with us as you please. Have your way, God. Not our way, not my way. Have your way, O oh Lord. Your way is so much better, so much greater. We thank you, God, as we just surrender and give you these moments together. Uh, just as Melanie taught last week, Lord, we just we say, take it, Lord. Take it and set it apart as holy. We say, multiply it, God. Multiply, 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 multiply us this morning, Lord. Multiply your word, God, within us this morning. Multiply my feeble efforts to share your heart and your truth and your word with your people, Lord. Anoint us, God. Anoint us for greater things, God. Anoint us for greater things. We thank you, God. We're thirsty. We're thirsty for an outpouring, a fresh baptism of your presence and your glory and fire. We thank you, God. Awaken and multiply. Awaken and multiply. Convict and purify, God. Bless us and anoint us, God. We thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Let's take another moment and thank him. In Psalms chapter 2 in which we've read this morning, the whole passage is actually entitled The Reign of the Lord's Anointed. Uh, How many of us know that you as God's people, you are kingly in nature? Okay, 1 Peter 2.9 says, But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Uh, So when you look at the original Hebrew and Greek text of the word royal here in this scripture where it says uh, royal priesthood, that word royal is defined most clearly as meaning kingly in nature. 
All right, so ruling and reigning as God's anointed people on the earth is in the nature of a born-again believer. Sons and daughters, you are kingly, you are chosen, you are holy in nature, coming out of the darkness, born again as a new creation into the marvelous light of Christ. Amen. It's good news. Um, And in verse 8 of our passage this morning in Psalms 2 is where we see that scripture, Ask of me, and I will make the nations your heritage and the ends of the earth uh, your possession. This is a a beautifully just powerful scripture and promise in the word of the Lord. Um, But, you know, I... I think we have a, a tendency to pull scriptures out like, like that, uh, that say things like that, and let them kind of stand alone, uh, which it certainly can because it's the living word of God. I do it all the time. Um, it's the word of God, and it, it can stand alone because it's, it's him, and it's his breath breathing it. But when we continue to, to read on into this passage, we find that in verses uh, 10 and 11 right after that. Uh, right after uh, it's saying, you know, ask of me and I'll give the nations, uh, I will make the nations your heritage. It says to those who are reigning and ruling to be wise and to be warned. Okay, so when we read on, it says be wise and be warned. Warned, And then in verse 11, it says, serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. So it says, hey, hold up. Hold up, uh, this is important that you get this because as you are asking the Lord for more influence and as you are stepping into destiny, hallelujah, as you are being who you are called to be and taking possession of the authority and the, the promises of God as the Lord, Lord's anointed, there is a warning. There is a, a protection. There is a covering to keep your heart positioned in the heart and in the purity of heaven. And it is serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. So if there was one thing I'd want you to, to take away from uh, today's message, it's that scripture. Write it down, meditate on it all week, and go deeper and higher in it. It says, serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. And it's issuing a warning here uh, because the Lord knows that unless a baptism of purifying fire that leads to a lifestyle of serving, established and rooted in the fear of the Lord, which, by the way, is the beginning of wisdom, Uh, But if that uh, serving in the fear of the Lord has not taken root within you, then you will not be able to rule and to reign with the heart of the king. Uh, To be an apostolic people, to reform uh, the seven mountains, to be a people commissioned and sent out to make atmospheres and workplaces and classrooms and lands and projects the Lord has given you and cities and nations to look like the culture of heaven, then there must be a cleansing and a purifying process because the Lord is preparing us. He's desiring for us. He's calling us to reign as his anointed. Reign as his anointed on the earth and over the seven mountains of influence which we've talked about before, uh, the more we go low and the more we surrender, the more we are positioned to reign and rule as the anointed ones of God. And a lot of times we, we seem to get our, this revelation of our identity in Christ and we get so excited, which we should be. It's good news. Uh, it's life changing. Uh, but we end up wanting to go straight to the ruling and the reigning. But you can't be trusted uh, to reign and rule with influence and leadership and authority and greater anointing unless you've learned to surrender and serve. 
uh, that crown that is placed on your head as a royal son, as a royal daughter, it can only carry the level of authority according to your level of your willingness to cast it back down at his feet. Uh, Bill Johnson, he said in his just heart-wrenching, overwhelmingly powerful message uh, last Sunday in the wake of his wife, Benny, going home to be with the Lord, uh, he said something. He said, uh, before he was my friend, he was my Lord. And then he said, my friendship with God can only go as far as the depth of his lordship in my life. He said, if I praise God without surrender, then I'm just making a business deal of I do something for you, you do something for me. Before he was my friend, he was my Lord. And Melanie, she shared something with us last Sunday, um, the scripture in 1 Chronicles 29, where David is praying and he's he's giving a praise offering to God. And he says, uh, we we have given you only what comes from your hand. How about a pure offering before the Lord? We have given you only what has already come from your hand, Lord. And so I, just, I, wanna, I wanna further break down this scripture, Psalms 211, serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Let me refresh us on the fear of the Lord um, quickly. When I spoke on the fear of the Lord back in uh, March, I was just so blessed by you, church, because uh, I was talking about how there's more promises in the scriptures connected to the fear of the Lord than anything else. Uh, and so I started reading through these scriptures and I said, hey, if anyone wants these scriptures, uh, email them and I'll send them, email me and I'll send them to you. And uh, I was just so blessed, church, because there were so many of you that emailed me that Sunday and that next week saying, hey, Jeremy, uh, send me those scriptures. And it was just such a joy. Uh, just to share that with you, with you. it was so beautiful. Um, but if you were not here for that message, real quick before I go any further, fearing God has nothing to do with being afraid. Yeah. All right, fearing God is a reverential posture. It's a holy respect and awe of the Lord your God. It's a humble admiration of the Lord God Almighty. It's a, it's a who then is, is this? Uh, this is what the disciples said. They said it in fear, it says. Who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? You'll see in the scripture, when the glory of the Lord comes, it's followed by a reverent fear and a bowing before him. Amen. Every other glory is under his glory. Hey. Every other spirit is under his spirit. Every other power is under his power. And it's in the glory of the fear of the Lord through humility and holiness that we actually begin to understand the weight of the sacrifice of Jesus and the weight of the power and the authority that we carry as his beloved and chosen one. The weight of being able and being called to reign as his anointed. And when you lose the spirit of the fear of the Lord in our churches and in our gatherings and uh, in our lives even, then all we are left with is a good feeling and a good atmosphere. And that's not not a bad thing at all. It's a good thing, but you can only go so deep. There's a low ceiling to your ascension because it's a greater realm of God's glory to access when we begin to walk in the fear of the Lord. All right, and Psalms 34, 11 says, Come, you children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. So what that tells us is you do not receive the fear of the Lord through the laying on of hands like you can receive a spiritual gift. Okay, the fear of the Lord, it's cultivated. Uh, it means it's learned through commitment and attention and surrender and sacrifice. It's a decision to set yourself apart before the Lord in his holy fire. And the fear of the Lord is a gateway to wisdom. 
Okay, Psalms 111.10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All who follow his precepts have good understanding, and to him belongs eternal praise. So church, when you're walking in the fear of the Lord, which is the beginning of wisdom, you can clearly hear and you can wisely discern his voice. So many people will say, hey, I don't know what he's saying. Are you walking in the fear of the Lord? Because when you walk in the fear of the Lord, you can, you can wisely and clearly discern his voice. And I talked about Abraham in regards to the fear of the Lord in my last message. Let me real quick talk to you about Noah because Noah was a man that the, the scripture says he feared God. And he was considered righteous, and because of that, uh, he and, uh, is one of only a handful of names in the Bible that specifically he says he walked with God. Okay, it clearly says that. We see quite a few people and names in the scriptures that says they saw God. All right, and then a lot of names that we don't know when we consider the, the 70 elders that went up with Moses on the mountain. So we see many that says they saw God, but there's only a hand, handful of names that it says they walked with God like Abraham and Noah and, and, and Enoch. But it says that he walked with God. And one day, uh, Noah, he, he hears the voice of the Lord. The vo- he hears something from God that everyone else doubted, that it would start raining and a flood would cover the whole earth. Okay, so to help us understand this, uh, the first mention of rain is in Genesis chapter 7, verses 4 and 12. So from what we can see in Scripture, it seems that before that time, something like rain was most likely not even known to humankind. They had never seen it. But Noah, he heard the voice of God that it was coming. Uh, he built an ark, a boat that took him 120 years to finish. And it wasn't even anywhere near an ocean. Okay, all of this, and he was doing it in a time that was very corrupt and very evil, where he was the only one standing for the Lord, uh, where he and his family, they're getting mocked and they're getting ridiculed for 120 years. How many many of us would agree uh, that this was a building project where uh, you would want to know that you know that you heard the voice of the Lord? If you're going to take it on for 120 years and let your family be mocked and ridiculed throughout for 120 years, you want to know the voice of the Lord. But Hebrews 11:7 says, By faith Noah, being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen, it says, in reverent fear, constructed an ark for the saving of his household. And in Genesis 6, 9, it, uh, it says that Noah walked with God. Lived in fear and walked with God. So you see, living and uh, building and moving in the reverent fear of the Lord positions you to walk with God. And when you walk with him, you know his voice and you can quickly crush the voice of the, conf- the, the confuser and the a- accuser. You can crush it and, uh, when the, the voice of the evil one comes along. Because how many of you know that while Satan's voice rushes you, God's voice steals you? Okay, while Satan's voice pushes you, God's voice leads you. While Satan's voice frightens you, God's voice reassures you. We've got to learn to discern it. When when Satan's voice uh, confuses you, God's voice awakens and enlightens you. When when Satan's voice uh, worries you, uh, it's God's voice uh, that comforts and strengthens you. All right, Satan's voice tries to condemn you. God's voice convicts you in love. Uh, now, that was a quick just refresh on the fear of the Lord. Um, let me get back to our scripture this morning. Ask of me, and I will make the nations your heritage and the ends of the earth your possession. Uh, but it says, be wise and be warned, kings and rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear 
and rejoice with trembling. There are three things that are manifested when you serve the Lord with fear. Three things that are manifested when you serve the Lord with fear. Number one, excellence. When you serve the Lord with fear, excellence comes forth. Uh, in a lot of ways, in our and very often um, in our churches and a lot of things we do in our lives, we end up trading presence for excellence. Uh, and it's something that from day one of Arise Birmingham, we've always made the priority and the focus. Uh, and if, if you have everything, but you don't have the presence of God, then you have nothing. Right. You don't have anything. Right. And a lot of people say, you know, we're about the presence here in our, our, our church or our ministry or in what we're doing. or, You know, but we've learned as a uh, five-fold leader, ministry leadership team that there are daily decisions that have to be made and a daily surrender to keep it truly about the presence of God. Yes. I think I'll get away from you quick. But it's a daily decision, a daily surrender to keep it about the presence. And excellence is good. Excellence is godly. But excellence without the fear of the Lord becomes performance. And where there's performance, there's no presence. Okay, I'm going to say it again. Excellence without the fear of the Lord becomes performance. And where there's performance, there's no presence. Because you see, performance seeks approval that comes from perfection. All right, that's religion. Religion celebrates perfection. The Lord celebrates progress and perseverance. And when you're walking in the fear of the Lord, you see clearly that you can never perform your way into his heart. That's when you truly see it. It's in the fear of the Lord. You can never perform your way into his heart. It's only by his grace through Jesus. But you see, excellence, excellence in the fear of the Lord, it actually seeks the presence of the Lord. It seeks the present that the presence that then it, it awakens a holy response of what I have, Lord. This gift that you've given me already comes from your hand. So I surrender it, Lord, unto you because you are the only one that can make it holy and that can multiply it. Excellence in the fear of the Lord. It says everything I do, I do it for your glory, God, fit for a king. Permeating with his beauty and his creativity, his conviction, his strength and excellence as a display of the goodness of God and the glory of his majesty. When I serve, you know, the house of the Lord, I do it with passion. I stick to my commitment and I show up where I said I was going to show up because he's been so excellent to me. How can I not be excellent unto him and his house and his people, the family of God? I think there's maybe a, a, convi a, a conviction on that. Just let it happen. Let it flow. It may be even that, you know, you need to go to someone. It may even be someone in this church and say, hey, I apologize. I wasn't treating the house of the Lord with reverence when I was being careless with my commitment and the purity of excellence that I know I'm called to. Wow. Come on. Maybe, it's, maybe it's a family member, you know, someone in your life or in your workplace. And you say, hey, brother, sister. Hey, darling, mother, father, I apologize. I wasn't treating the house of the Lord within you with reverence hey, when I acted in that way or when I withheld from you. Wow. Wow. I've had to do both. Okay, it's freeing and it's healing. Serve the Lord with fear and pure excellence will come forth. We're talking about three things that are manifested when you serve the Lord with fear. One is excellence. Number two is the miraculous. 
the miraculous. Uh, a few Sundays ago, Wes, he shared with us the story of Jesus and the wedding miracle of turning water into wine. Uh, and Mary's faith in who Jesus was, that even, even though Jesus told her, my hour has not yet come, uh, it moved the heart of God in such a way that Jesus, he actually released his first miracle on the earth and manifested his glory. And so I want to get on uh, that momentum real quick from Wes. It was so stirring. And every time I go to this passage and story, I just feel like I get so powerfully touched by Jesus in a new way. And I, so I want to pick up here on verse 6, John chapter 2 and read through 11. It says, Now there were six stone water jars there for the Jewish rites of purification, each holding 20 or 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servants, that's key here, to the servants, fill the jars with water. And they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, talking to the servants, Now draw some out and take it to the master of the feast. So they took it. When the master of the feast tasted the water, now become wine, and did not know where it came from, then it says, Though the servants who had drawn the water, they knew. It says that in the scripture, they knew. The master of the feast called the bridegroom and said to him, Everyone serves the good wine first, and when people have drunk freely, then the poor wine. But you have kept the good wine until now. This, the first of his signs, Jesus did at Cana in Galilee and manifested his glory. And his disciples believed in him. Okay, so church, Mary's faith in Jesus, it moved the heart of the Lord to do this miracle and to turn water into wine for this wedding feast and manifest his glory. All right, but then this is what I want to ask you uh, the question this morning. Who saw the miracle take place before their very eyes? The servants who walked with the miracle, who delivered the miracle working power and the manifested glory of the Lord to the people. It was the servants. Everyone got to enjoy the fruit of the miracle, but only the servants got to see it and encounter it and release it. Can you imagine every time they're pouring out more wine, they're pouring out an encounter. They're pouring out a sign of the manifested glory of the Lord. They didn't just taste. They got to taste and see that the Lord is good. You see, when you serve the Lord with fear, as it says in Psalms 211, you're serving him as one who is tasted and seen. You are serving him with a reverential respect and awe in his lordship, which produces a faith in who he is and what he can do. And you know that when you serve the Lord and do what he says, the miraculous will take place. The glory of the Lord will manifest. Hallelujah. We're talking about three things that manifest when you serve the Lord with fear. Number one, excellence. Number two, the miraculous. Number three, holiness. And I'm so thankful for you for this house and We've made a decision as a body to never pursue what the world would define as success uh, at the cost of holiness. And to never choose relevance over holiness in this church, in this house. It's a big deal. And it's an issue in the church as a whole right now that's being exposed and we believe will continue to be exposed. Uh, When you serve the Lord with fear, it keeps your eyes fixed on Jesus so that you never live in a way that mirrors the world. We don't want to want our churches, our families, our lives to fit into the world. Okay, we want to radiate. We want to reflect the one who calls people out of darkness and into his marvelous light. We're a city on a hill. And Jesus never said that you would be liked. Get free from it. Hallelujah. 
He never said you would be liked. If you're trying to get people to like you over and instead of serving the Lord with fear, then it will be at the cost of holiness. That's an extremely high price to pay for something that's so very fleeting and attached to the world. And the, the, the second part of this on holiness manifesting through serving the Lord in fear is Melanie was teaching and sharing with us last Sunday about first fruits. And she said something so significant. She said that first fruits are anything that the Lord asks us for. She said, you know, tithing is just the beginning. First fruits are anything that the Lord asks us for. And she was sharing about the, the, the little boy with his loaves and fish who thought, you know, I've got this small meal that was just for me. It's not even enough to feed another person, certainly not a multitude of thousands. But Jesus asked him for it. And when he gave Jesus what he had, what was asked of him, it became holy in the hands of Jesus. And it became more than enough. You see, when you are serving the Lord with uh, serving in the fear of the Lord, everything you do is an offering unto him, including everything within your heart, because serving is not just about what you do, but it's first and foremost about the attitude of your heart. When you are serving in the fear of the Lord, everything you do, everything within you is put in the hands of Jesus and then it becomes set apart. It becomes holy. It has multiplication power and kingdom advancement on it in the hands of Jesus. You say, I know the greatness of who my God is. The mountains quake and the earth trembles before the Lord my God. And I have boldness and confidence of what happens when I put it in his hands. So when I'm serving this morning in Arise Children's Ministry, those youngins better get ready because the holy presence of God is about to fill them. Revival and multiplication power are in this room with these children because I'm serving the Lord with fear. Oh, I'm scheduled for serving coffee this morning at church. He who is faithful with the little can be trusted with much. What a joy. Hey, when people drink coffee this morning in this church, they're not just going to be drinking a cup of coffee. They're going to be drinking an encounter with the living God because I made this coffee this morning unto the Lord. I gave it to him with excellence in my heart, and he makes it holy. Somebody's about to be blessed. Somebody's about to be healed in their body as it goes down because I'm serving the Lord with fear. This playground I'm working on in Alabama humidity. Come on, everybody that was here. On a Saturday when I could be doing something else for myself, it's becoming holy ground. Because it's his. It's for his glory. It has kingdom multiplication, advancement power in it and on it because I'm serving the Lord with fear and saying, this is what the Lord has asked of me. So I'll give it to him in fear and trembling with joyful expectation because it's about to become holy and more than enough in his hands and for his glory. And as I shared, I'm going to try to close this. As I shared... At the beginning of the summer, I said, I believe holy celebration as a discipline is being established here in this house. I said, I believe people will come because of the holy celebration sound coming forth that ushers in the king of glory. It's the sound of victory. And so the second part of our scripture this morning in Psalms 2.11, after it says to serve the Lord fear, it says, and rejoice with trembling. Rejoice with trembling. 
All right, when you go deeper into the word rejoice here in this scripture, the root meaning in the original text, it not only represents being glad and being joyful, but it also carries this picture of one who spins around. And the Hebrew definition, when you, when you go deeper, it actually adds that it's uh, being excited to the point of levity. What is levity? The definition of levity is lightness of mind or behavior. Oh, I like this. Listen to this. A lack of appropriate seriousness. So look at this. So when it says to rejoice, this is what it's saying. Because every word in the scripture goes much deeper. It says rejoice with joyful spinning around and excitement to the point of having a lack of appropriate seriousness. No one's ever done that here at Arise, right? I've never seen anyone do that. Someone's like, if you would get to the altar call, I'm about to do it. You see, this is what David calls being undignified before the Lord. All right, the account of David calls being un, uh, the account of David saying this being undignified. It's in Second Samuel, Second Samuel chapter six, as the ark of the presence of the Lord is returning to Jerusalem. It's being brought back to Mount Zion, and David is celebrating before the Lord. It says with all his might, in every six steps with the ark of this long journey into the city, uh, David stops and he sacrifices more offerings unto the Lord, and he celebrates more with all his might. And some translations uh, translate David's words of being undignified. It says that he says, I will dishonor myself and humble myself even more. You see, Michael, she was, she was watching out of the window in the palace uh, as the ark of God was being brought back to Mount Zion. And with it, she looks down, she sees David, and he's dancing, and he's celebrating in blood. And he's spinning around with a lack of appropriate seriousness. And it says that she despised him for this. And it came to him and said, you have shamelessly uncovered yourself. All right, this is what David said to her church. This is what he said. He said, it was before the Lord. Come on. He's saying it was not for you or anyone else. It was for the Lord, my God. He said, if you read the scriptures, he says, God chose me. He appointed me to rule and to reign, so I will celebrate the Lord as his anointed one. And then he says, I will become even more undignified than this. Why? Because the holy presence of the almighty living God is here and he is worthy. And he is worthy. That church is what it means to rejoice with trembling. The reign of the Lord's anointed is marked by those who serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Will you stand up with me and arise worship? Will you come back up? I'm going to ask you just to, be, to lift your hands with me and just begin to rejoice with trembling. Whatever that looks like to you, whatever that looks like for you in this holy moment, rejoice with trembling. Rejoice, church. We thank you, Jesus, King of glory, who has conquered all, who has made us righteous 
before God as his chosen ones to rule and to reign as his anointed, who has called us out of darkness and into marvelous light. We rejoice right now, Lord. We serve you with fear and we rejoice with trembling. We serve you with fear and we rejoice with trembling for your presence is here and you are worthy. We recognize, Lord, that everything we have been given, body, soul, and spirit, it comes from your hand. It comes from your hand. So we surrender this moment to you, Lord. We rejoice with trembling and surrender our lives to you, to serve you in fear, to rejoice with trembling. Take it, make it holy, Lord. Multiply it, God. Take it and make it holy. Multiply it. I want to invite you as we begin to rejoice and worship together. You can come forward if you'd like to come forward. If you're saying, hey, that's me, I'm going to come on forward. I got to come forward and I got to, I got to give things to the Lord. I got to offer up an offering of praise, a living sacrifice. I need to rejoice with trembling before him. Just come on. Come on forward. May we be the ones, may we be the ones who say, he chose me. He chose me and the holy presence of the almighty living God is here and he is worthy. So I will get even more undignified. I will humble myself even more. Because he's worthy. Because it's before the Lord. It's not for anyone else. It's not for anyone else. It's for the Lord. I'm not doing this for you. I'm doing it before the Lord. And He's worthy of it. He's worthy of it.